Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Continuing on, I'm at the sports leader, TSN 1260. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're with us. Always presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. I reminded you to get your uh, Lotto 649 ticket to today at uh, PlayAlberta.ca. It's your one-stop shop for uh, casino. If you like uh, uh, wagering on the games, maybe just like a little luck in lottery, you can get it all at PlayAlberta.ca. Hey, boys, uh, sad news about the Iron Sheik. Didn't Struddy have him on his night show once for Mickey? I did. You know what? I, I, I was reminiscing just that with uh, with with uh, Connor. And we, we did have him on. I think he was here for an event, and I pre-taped him. And Majot was like, we got to pre-tape him because I think he's going to be uh, – pretty pretty out there and he was he wasn't like as outrageous as you know you hear him sometimes but a lot of f-bombs were being thrown around and talking about his wrestling like he was and he was so like gracious with his time i think it was like 20 25 minutes shiki baby he kept calling himself the shiki baby <laughs> i didn't call him that i think i called him mr chic <laughs> shiki baby but yeah he was great so sorry to hear he passed but man what a life that guy lived full full life oh yeah and he was pretty funny on twitter Near the end, man. Like he was comical. Like he stayed in character all the time. It was, uh, it was pretty funny, very funny. So, hey, Strider, the best part of that segment is I'm pulling over to buy a Slurpee now. Thanks. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know what? I should get. This is uh, embarrassing to say, but it's uh, June seventh, and I haven't had a Slurpee yet this summer, Strider. How many have you had? Oh, well, it depends. Yeah, I guess you're just going summer, probably. Three or four, not not too crazy. Like a, like a night like tonight is a perfect night. So we'll walk over to whatever you know the place, Circle K, whatever, and then walk back. And people like they'll I don't know why they'll tip like they'll like I'll do something that something that they feel is nice and they'll give me a Circle K gift certificate, right? So that goes a long way. Oof, How do we not have that. a Slurpee guy, a Slurpee sponsor for as much as we talk about Slurpees? Oh well, maybe we should look into that. Yeah, who would Summertime. like time? Who who would be the uh, the go to place for a Slurpee? That would be the uh, that'd be the question, uh, right? Uh, like very I know strong feelings. Oh, I know you have strong feelings. See, Slurpees are are very particular. Like you know what? To 100%. me, the milkshake, McD's, killer. I love hundred percent. So yeah, but like Slurpees, that's a because I'm I've been to one Seven Eleven, then I go to the next Seven Eleven, and they didn't have the same consistency. Yeah. It was very frustrating. Right, like slurp. I'm not. I don't. Like, if you go to a McDonald's for a set, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time it's the same. Right, when you go to to different restaurants that are changed, doesn't matter where they're the same. Slurpees, I find there's not necessarily the pride factor in the locations no. to ensure consistency. That I've got a place I go to, Circle K. Dave is the the owner. I think he's the operator. We've had many talks about Slurpees, and I I'm. That is no, I know people are laughing, but he knows, and uh, he's a great guy. 
And, uh, yeah, that's my spot. If I, I will drive across, now it's not far from my house, so don't, I'm not like a hero, but it is the place and they're always busy. They, I think he told me some days he'll sell a thousand Slurpees. Oh yeah. Like, that's crazy. That's a lot of soup or whatever syrup. Yeah, well, I think so. Let's get to, uh, tell me I'm wrong. Gregor edition presented by legacy heating and cooling. Where uh, clearly Struds doesn't have the AC because it makes the straws too cold. But for all of us sane people, you love your AC right now. No payments, no interest for one year. LegacyHeating.ca. The Jason Greger Show presents Tell Me I'm Wrong. So you don't see three team trades very often in the National Hockey League. Columbus, Philly, and L.A. Columbus, no question, got the best player. Philly uh, clears uh, Cal Peterson uh, off their cap. Uh, they also do uh, incur a little bit of cap hit um, to, to retain some salary because of it to make the deal work. And uh, they went out. They they signed uh, Gavrikov today to uh, to a two year deal, right? And they got what two million bucks in in Ivan Provorov. I'm telling you, without question, Columbus wins this trade. They get a legit top four defenseman who I think would be a top-pair defenseman, on a team that desperately needed help on the blue line. He's a 4.7 cap hit for the next two years. This is this is exactly what Columbus needed. Um, it helps clear some cap space for L.A., but you know now you've got 2 million dead cap space, and, and dead cap space is not ideal for anyone. You look at, at, at teams who win, they don't have a lot of dead cap space. So I think this is a big win for them. Philly, it just shows me that they're kind of in the, you know, I'm not sure what direction they're going in, right? They bring in Peterson. Now there's rumblings that they're going to move Carter Hart. I'm not sure how accurate that is or not, but either way, you know, they get a draft pick. But I think this is the start of the rebuild for Philly, and rebuilds take a long time. I'm saying big win for Columbus, clearly. Tell me I'm wrong. You know what, Greg's? I, I think this is a, a three-way trade where everyone got what they wanted, right? L.A. got cap space, Philly got future assets, and Columbus gets um, gets gets the, as you mentioned the best player in the in the in the whole in the whole trade. So I think everyone kind of won, which is crazy. Now the problem for you know Columbus knows what they got. Philly, they got those assets, those draft assets. They're not sure what they're getting. They won't know for probably. Uh, two to four, two to five years, somewhere in there. And then the Kings, they still need, they need a goalie. You know, if they're not going to sign Corpusalo, uh, obviously Phoenix is going to be there. Great name, by the way, but they got to figure out what that, what they're going to do with that money. They just signed Gavrikov today. So they're still uncertain what they'll do with that cap space. And they do have to hold back two million on, on, on uh, Provorov. So yeah, I like, I, I like what everyone did here, but it's clear what Columbus got. I don't know what those other two teams got. So I, I can't disagree with you. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I mean, maybe down the road we'll say that uh, another team won, but right now Columbus uh, gets the best player Provorov there. And uh, we talked about it already. That all of a sudden, like they're a team to watch now for me. The players that they have can Patrick Liney bounce back, and then a new head coach when it's eventually announced. I think Columbus, you know, for good or bad, they're going to be a team to watch out for in 2023. What were you guys' thoughts on uh, Babcock? Uh well. I think that he's he's a good coach. I I think this is reality the situation for that group. They don't have a number one center, so no. Is, Do they have a number ba- two center? Well, that's so you know. I think Cole Sillinger, good first year, tough second year, right? Um, and they've got great wingers in Goudreau and Liney for that first line. Like they have two thirds of a first line. Jack Roslovic, I don't think he's a first line center. Uh, who else is it? Boone Jenner there, or is it Cam? Ag- no, I think it's Boone. 
Uh, well, is it Cam? No, Cam Axton's in Philly. Anyways, the other guy they have, they don't have a number one center. So, you know, is Babcock, is he the guy that can turn Ken Johnson to a center? If they're going to draft one, they're sure. Like, what, what are they going to do? So, you know, if Babcock thinks he's hitting the ground running with this team and they're going to just take off, I think they're better than they showed last year. But honestly, Griggs, without a number one center, I, I, I just don't know how far they can go. Because who's getting the puck to those two guys? Liney's not getting himself. Um, and John, and Johnny is someone he, he can kind of is a center that plays wing, but they don't have a center. So I, I think that it's going to be frustrating for Babcock. Well, I think it to me shows he really wants to get back in the league. He, he's going to a team right now, Strutty, that has a GM that I think is this is his last hurrah for Yarmo Kekalainen. I, I, he's had numerous coaches he's hired. You know, he's made some big trades, but now it's got to work out. There, there's no question in my mind that uh, this is a guy who's going to have to make things happen or he's out in Columbus. Like, if, if they miss the playoffs next season, I like, I don't know, unless his owner is the most patient man in sports, uh, I, I would think that, you know, something's got to change there, no? I like the way you put that. I think I think he is under pressure now to get this sorted out. And, like, the, the, they're better than they were last year, and Provost going to help. But I just, I'm sorry, without a number one center, I, like you said, they probably don't have a number two center either right now. So, how much better can they get, right? And without that, you know, it's you got to find a way to get those guys in there. And I, I just don't see how they get that in 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 their lineup. Um, so I, I think they're going to be challenged again to be a playoff team. Now things can change, but they seem to did a lot of spent a lot of capital getting Provorov. Oh, huge amount. But I still, I still like the trade for Columbus because you got a GM I think who understands. Man, I gotta, I gotta make some wheels here. And you give up a first round pick for uh, for Provorov for for two years, and you know what? Columbus is a great place. Guys who go there love it, right? Johnny Gaudreau's committed there long term. I, I think there's some people that are gonna want to stay there if the team can become competitive because the market itself is fantastic. It's a great place. I uh, talk to players; they love it there. So, you know that that is the one benefit that they have going for them. Quick break. Uh, when we return, we will uh, talk a little basketball. Big game tonight: the Heat and the Nuggets. Man, it's one-one. Heat looked really good in game two. Can they uh, repeat that in game three in what should be a raucous home court? Find out next on the Gregor Show, presented by Play Alberta. 427 at the Sports Theater, TSN 1260. Uh, interesting one. Hey, boys, why wouldn't L.A. just have kept Roborov and let Gabrikov walk? <laughs> well, yeah, because you think about it, Gabrikov, um, with the uh, retained salary of Provorov, is uh, is $8 million. And had they just uh, kept Provorov, then uh, it would have been uh, 6.7. So, But keep in mind, and, and here's what about Gabrikov as a UFA study signing a two-year deal? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially in LA, you know, like I, I was surprised by that, and um, you know, the insiders are saying that that's what he wanted. He wanted a two-year deal, so he wants another kick at a can after that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just found that uh, rather interesting, for sure. Uh, also, this just coming out: Andreas Athanasiu has a two-year deal in Chicago, four point two five mil cap hit. He had twenty goals, forty points last year. Uh, there you go. What did I say earlier? Chicago, they got to get to the floor, man. 
So Athanasiu is getting a big raise. Ho, ho, ho. So 4.25 mil for Athanasiu. Hey, good for him. You know what? There are certain players who, you know what? It's like, hey, A, he gets, he'll probably get a chance to play with Bedard, so that's exciting. It's a two-year deal. You're not locked in a losing team forever. But let's be honest, the next two years in Chicago, you're not winning. You know that. So you might as well take a huge hit. Why wouldn't you? If you, I don't think anybody out there would not do what he just did. So No, he's, he, and that's they know him and stuff like that. But let's be honest. like That's not enough for Connor Bedard, right? So they got a lot of work to do to figure out how to, you know, who do they bring in. Do they try to get you know some guy? Well, they have to get some people to help them. There's not enough talent on that team. Um, and then, like, what do those deals look like? Maybe they just do shorter deals and hope some of their guys come up that they draft and they're, they're able to slide in in two or three years. Maybe that's why they're going to go short with him. I, I'm i not sure because maybe they said to him, and it's too, so they want a three-year deal at three, three million. Like, okay, we'll give you two years at four. Like, because the money doesn't, it doesn't really matter for that team right now, right? Because as you mentioned, it gets to the floor. So maybe that's how it works. Uh, I don't know. I, I, they've got to find some talent and find it quick. Or otherwise, that guy's going to be a freedom fighter on that team. Oh, no, no question about it. It's a, it's, it's not going to be ideal uh, for them. But I, I don't think any. Uh, hey, usually when you're a terrible team, guess what? You're going to. Uh, it's hard to surround them. McDavid didn't have instant success. Crosby didn't have instant success. Ovechkin. You know, it's rare. It's very rare to do. Uh, as we get to the uh, playoff report, brought to you by. Tenacore, the uh, fire protection industry is moving to high-volume flows and large-diameter equipment. Best place to get it, Tenacore. Call them for high-volume manif- water manifolds, hoses, valves, and fire monitors. Check it out online at Tenacore with two N's, dot com. Uh, tonight, Game 3, the Heat and the Nuggets. And then, of course, let me know Florida. So they got Game 3, the NBA tonight. Game three of the NHL tomorrow. Then uh, game three of the NBA on Friday. Game three of four of the uh, NHL on Saturday. Four straight days in Miami. Are you kidding me? I think there's a little bit different atmosphere tonight uh, for Heat fans after the uh, the game two win. So now no one can say, oh, they slowed down Jokic. And I really appreciated Spolster talking about, hey, you're not making the guy a shooter. And by the way, he's a pretty good shooter. He dropped 41 points. Now, four assists, I think give him credit. Denver missed some of those shots, though. You went back and you watch it. Jokic still completed the pass ready, but if the guys don't hit the shots, I don't think it's a case of, well, you're doing a great job limiting him. him. And and, and it, because he scored 41, I, I don't know if you can say, well, our, our strategy worked. Because if you're going to let him drop 40 and only say, well, we're limited as assists, I don't think that's a recipe for success long term because I think the rest of the guys in Denver will shoot better. Yeah, well, they need that. They need those other guys shooting, right? And then you know uh, they got to get Murray going. You know he's he's got to kind of he's got to score to help that group out because when the two of them are going, it, it makes it a little bit harder. So give credit in game two to Jimmy uh, Butler. Uh, he was on uh, Murray quite a bit. And um, so how is Denver going to get Jimmy off him? You know we had Paul Sir on yesterday and he talked a little bit about the idea of setting up some pick and rolls so that you know it's it's not Jimmy Butler defending against Cal Murray. So maybe look for that tonight. But a lot of credit Miami. You know they 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 found a way to to game plan uh, against those guys and kind of figure out what they had to do and now you know look for Denver to make a switch as well. Now you head into Game Three should be a just a great game and just comp- man they battle hard. All those guys out there are competing so hard. It's fun to watch. It's very good. Uh, this now I don't know if if this is going to infuriate Oilers fans 
or if they're going to be like, okay, uh, I like it. But uh, Bruce Cassie today was talking, you know, because everybody's asking about, oh, the scrums and how are you handling it? And he's like, hey, the scrums, sometimes you have to get punched in the face. He mentioned that the physicality of the Edmonton series prepped them for this series. Like I'm always a little surprised when people, oh, geez, scrums and like it's going to get teams off their games. Come playoff time, I think there's there very few players that you're going to intimidate in scrums. I could be wrong on this, Stratty. I just, especially today where there's not the threat of fighting. Like you're like, okay, the worst thing that's going to happen, I'm going to get smelly glove. Right? I might get a little jab in the face with a glove on. Um, it might sting a bit, but that's it. Right? Like it's there's not a real fear factor as much now. At all, but what do you make of Casty and, and Edmonton? The physic should Edmonton is that a badge of honor or is that just you know kind of shows? Because I was looking at all the numbers from Edmonton. Did you know that in five of the six games against Vegas, Edmonton had offense's own possession time more? Like I and I understood and we saw it study like the 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 frustration in the voice of the order of veterans. Like I really think they knew they missed an opportunity here. The second periods of game five and six cost them that series. Yeah, well, first off, the physicality, they were very physical. And I think that the Oilers are more physical as a group than Florida is, right? You look at Radko Gudis now out. Um, Kachuk, that hit was great on, on Eichel, a good, good hit. And then you've got Sam Bennett who can, can deliver hits as well. But after that, they're, like, their D isn't super physical. Like, go through Brain Montour or Stahl, Ekblad. Like, these guys aren't mashers, right? They're, they, they defend hard, but they're not mashers. So, when you put that t- together and then their forwards, you know, a lot of their forwards aren't, aren't built either to be really physical. So the Oilers are very physical. Um, I, I, I just, I think that the Oilers group, they, they realized there was an opportunity there and they weren't quite, they weren't just quite there. And you don't want to leave things to chance. You know, Vegas game one and game two, they didn't leave anything to chance, right? They were, they were defending hard. They were getting to the net. Um, you know, they, they weren't responding to Florida's antics. And I, I don't think you need to. You know, I said it before the series. When Kachuk and Bennett get going, just skate away because they'll have an impact in the game. Like you know, Kachuk scored, although it was you know the second goal and a seven-two loss, so it doesn't really matter. But skate away. Don't get involved in that stuff, and don't inv- get them into a game where they're really not in the game already. So I think I, I like the way that they, uh, I liked it the way they're treating those two guys and not getting involved in it. Lots of uh, text flying in on this one. It's a 10, 12, 60. Guys, there's nothing more painful as an order fan knowing that two years in a row we're going to lose to the Stanley Cup the Stanley Cup winner. Shows how close we are, yet yeah, doesn't feel like you're close at all. Mike, you know what? I, I, you know what? I think you just echoed the feelings of the players. You feel you're close. You know, or sorry, you know you're close, but it doesn't feel that way because they didn't get close. Right? They won eight games one year. They won seven. You got to win 16. Yeah. And yeah. so while you are close, it just shows you how even though you're close, you can still be very far away. Yeah, and I, yeah, they, they like they are they can say they're close. And they and, and, and they are. I think we, we can agree that they're definitely a top ten team in the NHL now. They'll probably make some more improvements, whether it's this summer, um, or or the tread dine line next year, they'll they'll add another piece or two. Uh, some of the younger guys will get stronger and, 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 and become better players. So they're getting closer. But when I think you're that close, like the, the, every little detail matters. So we've focused a lot on the defensive play of the Oilers team, and those those details matter. They're, you know, you, you watch other teams. They make mistakes too, but maybe they make a couple less. Or, you know, and, and, and 
that's the thing. You've got to limit it. And, I, and it's a habit all year long. You've got to be on the habits of making this happen. Same with the goaltending. You know, like just be there. And then the forwards, like everything. It just And it's a long year. And I know they got to go through summer workouts, training camp, exhibition games, and 82 games just to get back to start the journey they really want. But they can't just cruise through the regular season like it's, ah, we're okay, we'll get there. That's not that's not it anymore. If you want to be a Stanley Cup champion, you've got to hammer down those details all year long. So I know I, for one, will be very critical of the way they play in their own end and, and back check next year because, you know, they, they sound, they've talked about it. They want to be better at it. So let's see it. You know, let's see the change. You can't just keep talking about it. You have to, that the last 5% of the journey is going to be very difficult to get to. Oh yeah, that's the hardest part of it. It's similar to anybody out there who's on a weight loss program. So let's say you start out and you had to lose fifty pounds, right? You you get eating healthy, you're working, you're walking. All of a sudden, fifty or like the first ten pounds, it's like boom, that was no problem. Now you get down to the final ten and you're grinding and you're oh man, I just I just had like a chocolate bar today and you know what? You can't do it. Right, like it's it's very hard the last few steps yeah, to get there. For sure, right? No different than golfers. I, you know what? I want to be an eighty. You get to eighty-two. You've been at ninety. You're down to an eighty-two. You try to get those final two strokes off. You're you're stressing out. It's way harder. So yeah, for the and 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 the thing is that can be frustrating, Strutty, is there's no guarantees because the reason that this year you can look and I think it's fair to say that real missed opportunity because they were healthy. There's no guarantee that when the playoffs begin next year, you don't know for sure who's going to be healthy. Now, I know the odds are low that when you think about it, and I know some people are like, Gregor, maybe having someone hurt, they can use LTRO help them. Maybe. Maybe. But, again, you need a guy that you know is going to be hurt for a significant period of time, and that means they're significantly hurt. Some guys can come back from it. Some guys can't. So I, you know, I, I don't know if I'd ever wish that on anyone. To be honest, that's kind of a risky strategy to use. But that's what's uh, I, I think it's going to motivate the players this off season. But at the same time, like you can't get it back. And look at the San Jose Sharks for a decade. They were a really, really good team with lots of really good pieces, and for whatever reason, couldn't get it done. Now, maybe Edmonton does get it done because we've seen lots of teams: Chicago, Pittsburgh, Washington, finally got it done right tampa bay had some tampa loss in the final they got swept by columbus when they're the best regular season team came back one two in a row so yeah teams do it for sure colorado they got close a few times and you're in the bubble if colorado doesn't have all the injuries to their goaltender maybe they go to the cup final that year and who knows maybe they win maybe we're talking about them being multiple cup winners but injuries and now injuries again two years like think about it they're the defending champs they lost some guys for agency but then they lost Lanniscock. Really key piece all year long. Announced right before the playoffs, now he's gone for next season. So at least they know to prepare for it. But that's what makes it so enticing to watch as a sports fan because the unpredictability every year. You never know. You don't know who's going to get injured or you don't know who's going to come out of nowhere and get super hot. Like, are the orders going to have a player that comes out of nowhere and, and has a huge breakout season? You hope so, but there's no guarantee. Yeah, they, they it, it, and, and you can, you know, I think that, that, that wanting someone to have a breakout or someone to keep improving is there, but I, I, I want to see just constant improvement of this group, right? And, and just a commitment to being just the, the team that they want to be for 82 games. I know you're going to have ups and downs, you're going to have stretches where you're not, but 
you can't turn it on when you hit the playoffs. And it, we're not talking about a 80% improvement. We're talking about maybe 10%. And your analogy about the idea of losing weight, the last five pounds, the hardest. That's why winning Stanley Cups is so hard. You know, it, it, and it looks like Florida just isn't up to the task. Now that can change in, 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 in one game tomorrow night. But they're going to be challenged, buddy. They're going to be really challenged to, to get back in. And But Vegas looks organized, very organized and determined. Yeah. Agree. We'll come back with five questions or more on The Gregor Show. You can always get involved. You can text us at 101260, email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox, jgregor at tsn1260.ca. 448, Jason Gregor, Jason Strudwick, Connor Halley with you. Hey, Strudz, what are you talking about? Constant improvement. There's no such thing. Your peaks have to be better than your valleys. That's how you improve. What do you think, Strudz? Your peaks have to be better than your valleys. Oh yeah, I guess you always want your peaks to be higher and your lowers to be, your your valleys to be higher as well. But I mean, I I, I think that I, I don't know, actually I, that doesn't even make sense. Constant, you know, it's just like a stock market. You don't buy a stock; it doesn't go like two, four, six, ten, twelve. It goes up. You know, it's it's an up and down, but the general trajectory is up, right? So I think that you know, for the others, they can score goals, they can manufacture goals, they can create offense. Their four checks improved. Um, but this this area defending is where it's at, right? You gotta you gotta you gotta improve that. So I don't know I don't understand the the whole analogy of the the peaks and valleys, but I just want to see improvement. So I'm talking about a five ten percent. There's always gonna be mistakes. No one plays mistakes free game, but you want to tighten that up as much as you possibly can. I really believe that the regular season for the Edmonton Orders, all the things because I kept all the quotes. I think all of you heard them. Mm-hmm. And they they talked about uh, Leon Drysaddle said, you know what? Too often we beat ourselves, and I think that's valid. And if you look mm-hmm. at all the numbers in the Vegas series, it backs it up. They outshot him, they outchanced him. The difference was they gave Vegas too many high quality chances that they didn't necessarily have to work for. That Vegas didn't gift in return, and that cost them. That that was the series, no question in my mind. Right, like you look at, um, you know, whether it's a few undisciplined penalties. Now you can yell and scream about the refs. I'm sorry, I thought those were those were penalties there, and they were they were crushers. And at certain times, everything's going well, and then Edmonton just, you know what, not picking up a guy maybe three feet from the boards, not from the blue line, not getting it out when the other team gets it out. And it might not look like a big play, but it turns into a goal against, and that's the play. And how many goals did Edmonton get in this in games five and six that were gifted to them? I don't even include games one to four because each team do- had two games they dominated. It's pretty even. I thought it was a pretty even series. But in games five and six, Edmonton in the second period of both games self-destructed more than Vegas. And even when Edmonton poured it on in the final third period in game six, Vegas bent, didn't break. And to me, that was the difference. It's so tough learning. But I agree with Strud's next season, and we saw it because I harped on this in the first three months already. What did I say? Like, it's not December yet, and they were Santa Claus. They were gifting goals all the time. And I will see. We will notice. Because if you think you can just snap your fingers come playoff time and eliminate that habit, you won't. They need to eliminate, and it's going to come from the players. Coaching staff maybe can be, but I think a lot of this is to the players of just saying, guess what? No, this I'm not doing this now. And they got to hold each other accountable. I, I wonder if this is the year you see, uh, you know what, Strutty, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I wonder if there's a little bit more uncomfortable at times when guys aren't pulling. And it has to be from the top down. It has to be from the top down. 
because mistakes are going to happen. I don't want to. Uh, you and I aren't saying that mistakes yes. don't happen. Of course. But what not. we're saying is that it, you have to, at certain times, just really understand the situation. And here's an example: when the Oilers would get scored on, and then the next group wasn't ready, bang, they get scored on again. Or not ready. That, that's not, not unfair. But they just they, they they couldn't feel this this surge of energy come from other team, and bang, it scores again. Then bang, you know, like it it's just it it just. Every you don't know when the, the big shift of your game is going to be, but you've got to understand that there are moments where it will happen. You've got to be ready for that and and recognize it. And maybe that uh, for some of the guys, hey, they, or this year they 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 took those hits. But like I said, I, I, I the regular season, I'm going to be critical of their defensive play as a group. And I'm not like, oh man, Darnell Nurse only turned that over. It's like, are they doing better collectively as a group every night, limiting chances against, and then recognizing the the game moment when they really need to be dialed in. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would agree for sure. Let's get to five questions now. Brought to you by the Brick. Not only do they have the best deals on indoor furniture, they also have a great selection for patio furniture, outdoor dining and conversation sets, barbecues, outdoor TVs, and more. Check it out right now at The Brick and TheBrick.com. It's time for five questions on The Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, we saw the Flyers clear some space yesterday, and we saw today they're apparently gauging interest on goaltender Carter Hart. Who else do you expect them to move before this upcoming season gets going? Uh, I think they're just trying. I, I think they're trying to get assets right for the draft and kind of go for it. So I, I'm look. I got a guy here for you. Well, before the season, Tony D'Angelo. I think that Tony, there's probably a market for him out there. Right shot defenseman. Meant to hold some money back, but that's a guy I could see to get some some draft picks back for uh, for the draft here. He's got one year left. I'm going to go Kevin Hayes. I, I've heard Kevin Hayes' name for yeah. quite some time. They retain some salary. And I think there's teams out there that will have interest in Kevin Hayes. I think that's the guy. Question number two. Darnell Nurse was named a finalist for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy once again. That goes to the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and was made a significant humanitarian contribution in his community. In all your guys' time around the NHL, which player stands out to you as the most charitable? Hmm. Good question. Um, well, it's hard to to overlook a guy like George Larac. You know, George Larac on his own time would uh, would go. And heck, there were times where and and I don't agree with this, but other guys in the team wouldn't go. And George, oh, I'll do it for you, and kind of letting guys off the hook. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the best example. But George did a lot of things all the time. Was never you know, rarely said no to anybody. So and and you know what? Even you saw it when he went to Montreal, and <laughs> I heard the story. <laughs> so George goes to Montreal, and you know he, si- he signs there, and and the team George comes up and goes, "Hey, any uh, if if people any hospital visits I can go to, please help me out with the PR lady, right?" And she's like, "Okay." And so somebody um, asked George about, "Hey, uh, you know how can I get you?" And George said, "Here." Just uh, reach out to Natalie, and he put her cell phone number accidentally on it, and her cell phone's all of a sudden going crazy from people requests about, hey, you know, and she was just like, oh, that's George. But even when he went to a new city, he was right away, Pittsburgh, same thing. He did a lot. So I guess I got to go with George. 
Yeah, he, he he does spend a lot of time. I'm gonna go Trevor Linden. When I um, you know, I I played with him in in uh, both Vancouver and on Long Island, and he really made me understand the the importance of it. Uh, and just you know, and and not so much like I knew it was important, but just how to behave in those situations. Not that I don't know how to behave, but just to engage the families, and you're there to try to uplift them. Um, you know, be sensitive to what's going through, but you don't you don't need to be you know, um, sad. You need to just come in there and, 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 and talk to people and be uplifting, find out how they're doing all that stuff. And he really was a good mentor for that for me. So he, he was the number one guy that I, I learned from. Question number three for you guys. And now we know that Messi will join Inter Miami. Does it make you more likely to maybe head to Vancouver, you know, Seattle, Portland, Toronto to check out an MSL game with chance to see him? And also, since Inter Miami is in last place in the Eastern Conference, can he have a Zava type effect on this group? Go on a run. You know, it won't make me more likely. Now, if the kids, if they want to go, maybe we can negotiate some kind of deal. But I don't think it's going to make me go to an MLS game. Ha! Uh, that's a good question. Um, it, am I traveling for an MLS game? Cons is essentially your question. Um, no offense, I'm not going to Vancouver to do it. I guess if I'm traveling, I would go to Miami because I could do lots of other things, and then part of it would take in a game to see Messi. Is Messi a guy I'd want to see live? 100%. But I, I pro- it would be part of a trip. It wouldn't be the main part of a trip. That's fair. It's a good add-on. Question number four. Allen Iverson celebrates his 48th birthday today. The answer played 14 NBA seasons, an 11-time All-Star, won one league MVP, but never got the championship. Uh, is there a player for you who stands out as the greatest player in the NBA to never win a championship? Ooh, man. There's there's lots of like there's lots of great players who who never won uh, a championship. Uh, I'm, you know what? That's a really good one. But I would go. I might go Elgin Baylor. Mm-hmm. I he was. Man, that guy was an absolute beast for a long time. And how about this, guys? He lost in eight NBA Finals to the Celtics. Heartbreak. I'll go Elgin Baylor. Heartbreak. I'll go uh, a duo of John Stocks and Karl Malone. Those two guys were so good together, uh, were a fixture in Utah for years. Uh, Neither of them got it over the line, so I'm going to go with those two. And final question for you guys today. Sad news is the Iron Cheek passed away at the age of 81. If you could see two wrestlers or two late wrestlers meet in a match, who would you like to see in the squared circle? Well, obviously I'd love to see the Macho Man. Just see his voice one more time. Just see him get all fired up, the old garden hose veins just popping off his biceps. So uh, I'd go I'd go Macho Man, and after that, I'd not, it doesn't really matter who, who he wrestles. He's just... He, he was the greatest and will always be the greatest wrestler in the history of uh, professional wrestling. Um, I'm not even sure he's in the conversation, but okay. Uh, we'll go uh, the ultimate warrior. And um, just for entertainment value, I would like, like to have seen the ultimate warrior take on the rock. Does it have to be someone who's passed away? Has yeah. To be? yeah. Oh, okay. Did he die so, today? Like, jeez, you're making no. me... Uh, I'll, I'll take uh, the ultimate warrior pounding Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Dream on. What about you, Connor? Uh, I'll take Andre the Giant Ooh. taking on the bad guy, Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that'd be an interesting one. 
Oh, Scott Hall. He was. Oh, like which was his, your favorite Scott Hall character? I loved him as Razor Ramon. Like when I would play the wrestling video games, that was my guy. And then he was good. Uh, I think it was the Outsiders with Kevin Nash. They were a pretty tough tag team. Some big dudes. Yeah. Strutty, have yourself a, a wonderful Wednesday evening. Who do you like in the NBA tonight? I'm going Miami, buddy. Jimmy Buckets, I can't get away from that guy. I think he's got this. I think he's got this. We hope so. There you go. Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports center update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Stop in right now and try one of their agricultural tractors that is suitable for all your Canadian farming needs. Also, there are zero-turn mowers built for professional mowing results, durability, and comfort. Edmonton Kubota.com.